Hey podcast listeners, welcome to Barely in Topic, the Boston Bruins podcast. Podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. This week we're up to episode 11, Gone But Not Forgotten, in which we discuss Bruins who are playing elsewhere or who are retired that happen to be our favorites. So uh, we go into a lengthy discussion of games of the week because Bruins won against the Habs last week. And then we also discuss the bare necessities. This week we had a full crew because everyone was through being ill with some coughs here and there. But anyway, uh, so we had Anthony, Jeff, Kate, Nick, Tim, and myself, the PBA. And um, I wanted to take time to thank everyone who listened to the Kirk Ludicky episode because it has become our most popular episode. And we're really happy that we were able to get him on to discuss Bruins prospects. We're hoping that he'll be back around draft time. Um, and we're also hoping to get some other people who know a fair amount of hockey and are in the media. So that would be a fun time. And it was a fun time when we talked to Kirk. So anyway, um, I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, so we beat the Habs this week. Oh, I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a really, really good game, like top to bottom, partly because the Habs were terrible. But, you know. Well, they've won like five games or something since December, right? Yeah, they have. Yeah, I think they beat the Leafs last night. So that puts them at five five wins and and an overtime loss, I think, or something like that. Oh, God. (laughs) And let's give them props um, for wearing the Winter Classic jerseys again. Yeah. That was good. That was very nice of them to do so. Also, there two more times now, actually, because uh, yeah, they wore them. The uh, the Bruins won. Uh, actually, won wearing the Winter Classic jerseys in the game before that Saturday. We, yeah, uh, we, oh, thank you. Yeah, but uh, no, I just thought it was nice that the they went really old school and went with the white jerseys at home. Yeah, for the Habs. Yeah, and unfortunately, that was the last time we're going to be seeing the Habs, uh, unless we perhaps. Go against them in the playoffs, Which but the last time we're seeing them. them, yeah, really, <laughs> we're not playing them anymore. Only no, four we times. Played four times. Oh, jeez, yep. wow. I know. Um, yeah, we play some of our other in in division rival in division teams five times, but only them four because the NHL schedulers are on meth. Um, I guess so. Wow. Have that winner. That's it. Count as two. Eighty-two divided by thirty-one. You kind of. We play we play conference teams three times, division teams four or five, and two in home and home against against Western teams. It's yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, it was well, good to split the series this uh, season with them. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to like not. <laughs> so so let's just talk about some of the Bruins' achievements this year. They scored three goals on Holtby so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, not that they won year. eight games. Yeah. yeah. So they scored none last year. So they scored three goals on, on Holtby. And they beat the Habs twice out of the four-game series. Both of which were um uh, some were, were 3-1 and 4-1, respectively, in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Tuca can shake that off. Yes, that's good. It, it is not on his resume anymore that he can't win in Montreal. Um, so it is bullshit. Um, <laughs> and uh, so everybody's happy about that. Um, now, 
did that win really take the the loss of the uh, Winter Classic out of your it's, mouth? It's, it's not the same. Um, no. That the Winter Classic one was just – it was just suction egg on such a visible stage in their own in, – well, not their own barn. In the Pat's barn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you that would be a, Gillette Stadium. Thank you. Yeah. You had a year of hype going into that game. Um and you lose it in that sort of fashion, a blowout. That was not that an was entertaining disgusting. game. Our listeners, if you want to hear us talk about it in depth, we have an entire episode dedicated <laughs> to the Winter Classic. So let's not try to revisit that. But yeah, the, the it's still, to me, if it still feels like the Habs got the upper hand this year. It almost feels like they won the series 3-2. Uh, <laughs> to two. Even yeah, though, like technically they counted twice. Yeah, they, yeah. they got, they got yeah. the moral victory, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It was well, nice just, that they won, but yeah, like it, it doesn't like erase what happened during the winter classic, but still having that 500 record, that's a lot better than we had like in years past. And at least we know that we can beat them now. Cause yes. it felt like before we just couldn't. And it, no matter what we tried, nothing. So. And there's also the element of just the ex- exercise and futility that the Habs are in general right now. And the Hab and mm. Freude is fantastic. Hab <laughs> <laughs> and Freude. I love it. Oh, God, I have such a problem with that term, but that's okay. <laughs> you have to see. Okay, haben means to have, and Freude means joy, right? Oh, so, I see. So when I well, see that word... Well, obviously, the first half is not German, so... <laughs> I know, I know, but I think that we just have to modify that to be Hobsenfreude or something, so that I can kind of get out of that. Sorry, I I study German... I know a lot of German, and uh, if you have a problem with that, you can um, write me a uh, flashcard and put it in the garbage. So, <laughs> can I just interject? <laughs> What's that? Just interject here and say that the Habs fucking suck. So who really cares? Yeah. <laughs> oh no, yeah. but they were so good at one point. Nine and zero, and now they're like what, like twenty five, twenty three, or something like that. Or no, it's it's, it's like they're barely over five hundred anyway. It's barely, crazy. ha. Anyway, <laughs> they are twenty four, <laughs> twenty and four. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> in forty eight games. <laughs> and what's good for us and bad for my fantasy team is that Carey Price is going to be out another three to four weeks. May I make oh. a bold statement? Yes. Yes. Okay. As a Bruins fan, I want to see the Habs do poorly. However, I think as an NHL fan, uh, the league is better when the Habs, and maybe the other Canadian teams too, are doing well. Like I just think it's good for the spirit, the morale of the NHL in general. Uh, the ha- I know the Habs were dominant back in the original six era, and with the NHL just trying to put so much emphasis on those early days – when the current Canadian teams, when current original six teams are doing poorly, it, uh, I don't know. Their marketing strategies doesn't work. And maybe as some old-time hockey fans, it's not as uh, en- enjoyable. Uh, it's not as joyous. But anyway, that's just what I have to say. Um, just before we get to Anthony, I just want to say, how many of the – Canadian teams are actually doing well. I don't think any Uh, of them are in the playoffs right now. Yeah, The closest to a playoff spot is Vancouver with 51 points, which are currently fourth in the Pacific. 
they actually have the tie with um at 51 points with Arizona, but Arizona has the tiebreaker with um two fewer with two games in hand. Hmm. Um, Interesting. And the only reason Vancouver is even close is because the Pacific is so impossibly bad, right? Um, <laughs> because uh, other than that, let's see, Winnipeg, Calgary, and Edmonton are nowhere near them. They're sixth, seventh, and they're, they're the last three wild card draws in the West. Um, Toronto is the eighth wild 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 card draw in the East. Montreal and Ottawa are fourth and fifth. I was going to say, before the season started, I thought Edmonton would score, like, I don't know, between, like, they would get 70 to 80 points. <laughs> well, they've only gotten, like, what, 12, they've only gotten, like, what, 12 games out of Adam McDavid, so. <laughs> yeah, that's that's unfortunate. <clears throat> All right, I think they Anthony wanted to make a point, so. Uh, you, you actually just answered my question. Oh. With all uh, all seven Canadian teams not in the post not in the playoff picture right now. I'm sorry, I stole your question. I still <laughs> want to count out though. I still want to count out the Habs. Um, Price is still not playing. Right. Uh, <laughs> but it's for long enough till he comes back. They may be out of a hole. They can't in a hole. They can't dig themselves out. And at the end of the day, they're still not scoring. They're yeah. Putting up pretty, they're putting up actually pretty good, not not spectacular, but pretty good possession stats. Actually, in some way, in some areas, like high quality scoring chances have gone up in the time that they've been terrible. So they've been really snake bitten. Their shooting percentages are impossibly low. Hmm. But at the same time, their um, goaltending has been well below 900. So um, even if they get price back, I don't think that's going to make them good unless they suddenly figure out how to put the puck in the net again. Okay, I want. I just want to say. It's nothing against Carey Price. I like Carey Price. I can't. I like P.K. Subban as a person. Mm-hmm. Okay. His and charity work's fantastic. I think he's the yes. hero this league needs, but not the one it deserves. Right. So, so <laughs> I just want to say that because for some reason I'm just feeling nice today. Um, but uh, I'm enjoying the fact that Price is not in right now. I don't like that he's injured. You know. Um, and my fantasy team really hates that he's injured. But, you know, I just, I don't know. Mm. Um, I'm enjoying the, the Habsenfreude. <laughs> um, and uh, it's good. It's, it's, uh, it's fine. Now, now that we've had hot Habs talk, why don't we move on to uh, some other things? So we had a couple of other games. What was it? We, uh, the, Maple Lot. Leafs. I had to really think hard to say Maple Leafs. I wanted to call them Blue Leafs so bad. Um, ah, the Blue Leafs. <laughs> oh yeah, we're oh yeah, we're two weeks since our last show, so there's actually been like seven games, eh? Yeah. Yeah, oh but, man, but but like two or three of us were zombies. So yeah, <laughs> this is true. So well, let's focus on this past week. So post Habs game, we lost to the Canucks on Thursday and mm-hmm. um, uh, won in a shootout to Columbus last night. Um, both those games just Ugh. were fucking eh. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> they were boring. There yeah. was just a whole, like the first period of last night, I remember like kind of looking up every once in a while and going, what are you guys doing? Are you playing a hockey game? Cause I'm not really seeing a lot. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, are how exciting are the blue jackets to watch when, that's uh, true. Johansson is gone now, and even though they have Seth Jones, and I'm totally jealous about that. Yeah. Um, no Tortorella. Let's be honest. He's the star of that team. I was <laughs> just going to say Torts. Yeah. Angry Fonzarelli. Come on. 
you know, <laughs> considering it's a team I have no dislike for, I really, really, really feel bad for, for Columbus fans, right? Just when this team is looking like it might actually be making progress, this season happens, they, they hire torts, it's just getting worse. I feel so bad for them. I really yeah, do. Well, two, two years or two seasons ago, it looked like they were going to try to make a go of it. Right? Yeah. And they, they, they closed the last season and they closed last season like 19 one and two or something. Yeah. So they, yeah, everyone was, I mean, you know, you got a lot of the th- more ridiculous prognosticators like Pierre McGuire saying that they were, that they were a, uh, a, a, a playoff, a, a likely strong playoff draw in the Metro. They were wrong. Um, but, uh, it doesn't help that they keep losing Bobrovsky as well. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that he was injured because Again. I didn't have my goalie report. Kate, you really just need to put out a goalie report. I should. I should. Well, he's on I my fantasy go. team. And on my fantasy team, I am like negative 22 on my goalies. Like I could just like play like all the goalies all the time now because I only have Bobrovsky. And I think Jake Allen, who's also injured. So... <sighs> I'm just like kind of just sitting there going, please don't get hurt, Michael Newbirth. You know, just don't do that, please. So, (sighs) but yeah, they're just anything that can go wrong. They're like the Murphy's Law team this year, I think. Well, the thing is, it's not going to get better because um, they now have a collection of third line centers and no top six centers. Um, because um, what are they running down the middle? Dubinsky, Wenberg, some plug, and Greg Campbell. Yeah. They also have Torts who yeah. as their coach, so that's not, that's not <laughs> you know what would be for success very much. I just don't <laughs> like him very much and You know I, what would be really funny is if Torts were one of their centers. Oh my god. <laughs> it'd probably like, be better it'd probably be better than that than he is coaching, so you know, the good thing for them is that their defense in future years is going to be all kinds of America between Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski. So that's mm-hmm. that's nice, I guess, if that's your thing. Um, but they're still going to have that center depth problem because, you know, trading from a position of weakness to a sharp, yeah. different position of weakness is never a good plan. But And, I, and if they use Tortorella as a center, he lacks size. He's only 5'8". I don't think that reach <laughs> on the penalty kill will much improve them that much. He's 5'8", but he's got but he's got enough personality to be like 6'12". So, he's a real 6'12". He's also in his 50s. So you and know he he is coming back from injury. He did break his ribs yeah. in practice. So yeah. I mean he 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 is a little I, bit banged up right now. But <laughs> I'm just surprised that Brendan Saad hasn't made much of an impression with them, or like at least like having, not having a good season. Actually, yeah, he's, he's just he's not a he doesn't drive the bus right. He's he's, right. he's a good scorer, but he and he's doing well. He's just not a you know he doesn't control the play. He just he just does his thing. I'm going to float out an idea. Maybe he's just overrated. <laughs> hey, that's right. Torts is from Boston. Yeah. Yeah. He was a right wing. Mm-hmm. They can move him to center. Um, Saad kind of reminds me of Glenn Murray. Hmm. Um, great if you have someone supporting him, but on his own, eh. I mean, I'm looking at him from the lens of having been on the Blackhawks, too. I mean, you know. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And that's why I said maybe he's overrated. overrated. Could be. Um, You know, the thing is, is that when you're on a really good team that wins consistently and has won multiple cups, um, your play, along with other people's play, 
you know, adds to it. He's got 32 points, though. Um, that's not bad, actually. He'd no, be fifth 16 the, goals. He'd, he'd be fifth on the Bruins. So he's he is. I'm, I'm just saying he is still he is having a good season. One of his better one of his better ones, actually, in terms of in terms of raw scoring. He's just not someone that drives the play. Yeah. Mm. And that so that there that's that makes the Glenn Murray comparison really good, actually, Nick. I think. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the first good point I've made on this podcast. <laughs> and I, I, I really appreciate it. You get a gold star. Thank. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and honey, make sure you marry a doctor, okay? Oh, um. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me inform you about this. This past week, Glenn and I have just been talking like old Jewish people at home all the time. And this week, it's like uh, we've become obsessed with Deadpool because it's coming out around Valentine's Day. So we're just like, oh my god, we're going to go have such a romantic time at that Deadpool movie. It's going to be so fun and so wonderful heartwarming and all that oh god that's like everyone talking at my brother's wedding it was the worst so much long island so much (laughs) i'm sorry that i offended you (laughs) that's what offended is just just i only have like this accent and this other one and I sound like I'm from michigan and i've never even been to fucking michigan so i don't understand this Okay. Oh, that's so, funny. Anyway, so <laughs> Tori Krug shot that one. The, 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 the one, the one that finished the, the shootout there. That was phenomenal. That was Top awesome. Show. That goal was just—it was beautiful. It really, really was beautiful. The spoon really, was nice, but he, the Krug shot was just a just glorious snipe. And it reminds you, it's like he's got the scoring talent. He's not putting a lot in the net this year, which is unfortunate. In fact, he's actually got fewer points than Chara, which surprised me when I checked it this morning. Huh. Um, yeah, Krug's got well, 22 to Chara's 24 points. Um, mm. It's mostly because Chara has twice as many goals. Mm. Yeah, I, Krug, I, I, I hate using this expression, but we're talking hockey, we're talking conservative values and hem stripes. He's snake-bitten. Uh, <laughs> uh I mean, you watch his play, on, especially on the power play. He's doing fantastic. It's just, eh, the puck's just not going in. But the team is winning. They're doing better than we all thought. So mm. I'm, I, I can't criticize Krug too much. Um, I, I I love him. I think he's great. Oh, I yeah. Think, yeah. And, you know, it, it's directly contributing to, to Spooner being doing so well, who's actually ahead of Krejci now by one point. Oh. Um. Yeah, he's got he's 10, 25, and 35, whereas Krejci's 11, 23 for 34 points. Um, and that's part of it, I think, is, is – and actually, that's in a different area entirely. Spooner's probably providing the most value of a contract we've ever seen on, these, uh, on this team besides – outside of an ELC. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it really is just phenomenal how much we're getting – how much value we're getting for him. It sort of scares me what happens at the end of next season. Um, oh, jeez. Contracts. <laughs> but – we're getting a lot of good activity out of some people, and I think Krug on the power plays, in addition, Spooner's a lot at the half walls doing a lot of the significant amount of the scoring, and I think that's part of why Krug's not putting go, 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 the uh, goals the goals in net because he's doing a lot of the quarterbacking now. Mm-hmm. He's not doing a lot of slap uh, shots from the points, more passing to, to, to Berge and, and 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 Louis and Spooner who are putting it in. But hmm. he's become kind of like Caberlet. In that regard, where he's not taking the shot, but but absolutely 
dominating the point of the umbrella. He's the hmm. Maple Leafs Caberlite, not the Bruins Caberlite. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> good important distinction. Yeah. I'd like him to shoot more, though, because um, those will just continue to open up those passing lanes. I mean, he's still got 138 shots on goal um, for the season, which puts him second on the Bruins behind Bergie. Bergeron, he always leads this. Yeah, he 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 beats up Marsham by um uh, four shots, and uh, the two, and they're the only three that are over a hundred shots. So, uh, hmm. yeah. um, so he's firing a lot of rubber, but it's just not going in. That's shitty. Podcast <laughs> after dark. Yep, no doubt. I just want to say something about that shootout goal last night. Um, honestly, the from the minute he was announced, I was just kind of like, oh shit. Crew just looks like he ain't taking it anymore. <laughs> He's not taking your shit. He just wants to get this over with. And he went and he took the shot. He got a goal and it was like off the ice. Let's go. Yeah. It yeah. was beautiful. I love that. It's just like, damn it. I'm done with this. Let's just get this over. I Fuck think it's this. cool because like a lot of people were kind of questioning that move too. It's like, why is he out there? You know, it's just like, well, let's just let him do well, his you thing. Know, Trying and seeing what sticks is certainly better than that time they put Tab- Talbot on the, on the shootout. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was just, oh, geez, that was bad. That was just bad. Oof. Yeah, I, I mean, really, if you want to talk about defensemen that you want to put out on the ice for a shootout, I think Krug is up there. That's fine. Krug is, like, above and beyond everyone else, I think. That's well, what that's I would... because Chara and... Colin Miller's shot, um, their, their scoring is more on their slapper, which isn't really useful at all in a shootout. Absolutely. Yes. Nope. Nope. And Colin Miller can't score a shootout goal when he's not even in uniform. <laughs> yeah, That's... there's that too. Okay, first of all, wait a minute. Can I, I just want to say something. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, Anthony. Do you remember when Chara took the shootout goal against San Jose and then came into about, about the hash marks and then just ripped a slapper at uh, Antini Emmy? <laughs> who Basically, shit his pants and got scored on five ball. Well, I definitely do remember an occasion where I saw where I think it was Bobrovsky actually dove out of the way of Chara Slapper in play in a playoff game in 2011. Uh, do you want to have something what that could go? You're a goalie. It's your job. <laughs> Look, I I agree that goalies are deranged. Okay. Oh my god, they're insane. Yeah, um, but you know you got to kind of weigh it out like oh guy who has the record for the 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 um hardest slap shot is taking a slap shot at me what do i want to do hmm i think i'd probably get out of the way i mean i would be concerned if you caught it in the numbers that it might stop your heart um pads or no pads so oh there. but uh <laughs> i think i honestly would just take my stick at that point and try to Direct it. Or like try to something. catch it or something. Yeah, just get out of the way, but maybe just try to catch it. Yeah. I don't... <laughs> it really depends. It, it does. How much of like a crab can you get down into that position? Anything else that we want to cover about these games? It's it just, you know, it was not a like spectacularly exciting week of hockey after that whole Habs win. Yeah. We were just like, yay, they won! And then... Oh man, I gotta go play somebody else. It was a big exactly. letdown overall. The rest of the, I mean, to have to go to a shootout against freaking Columbus, and then, I mean, it just. Against the backup to the backup. Yeah. <laughs> Anonymous goalie number three, yes. Who is it's a just fin? Quite a, it's Who's nice a that fin? they ended up winning in the shootout, but 
It shouldn't have had to come to that, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Especially after the 2-0 lead. Oh, my God. Yeah. That was, that was bad. It was so bad. Here's a question. Oh, it, it's a multi-layered one. One, do you think this team has a problem with uh, teams that they should play a lot better against, but they kind of play down to them? And two, oh. what the fuck is the problem with playing at home? Okay, <laughs> Jeff, you go first. Okay, so this um, uh, playing down to the competition isn't all that new a thing, really. It's, it's sort of been something that um, um, we've sort of seen for a couple years now. And I think I remember last week when we were looking at that, when, when I think it was um, uh, Andrew Berkshire had that that list of the number of points since the beginning of December, how I commented on how I think five of the teams below 20 points in that spin, in that spin were ones we lost to. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and, and an overtime loss against Ottawa, so technically six. Um, long story short, yes, this team definitely plays down to shitty competition, and I can't figure out why. All the time. <laughs> All right, before I move on to somebody else, I just want to say that I did write out something last night about how the Bruins, like, talk to the other team. And they both agree that, you know, like, you know, so it's like the Bruins are talking to the, the Blue Jackets. They're like, hey, you know, how are you going to play tonight? Oh, we're going to give you our all. Oh, okay, so we'll we'll dial it back to about a six. <laughs> or the Canucks, everyone agreed, just say, you know what, we'll just not show up and see what happens. Right, right. <laughs> and then Daniel right. Sedin happened twice. Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking that, you know, I, I eventually want to draw these things out because I think they're very funny. I think part of the problem there actually is um, it's a matter of an issue of depth. I did some math here and our, <clears throat> our five rotating fourth liners. This would be, of course, uh, Talbot, uh, Kampainen, um, uh, Randall, Ferraro, and of course, Ronaldo. Um, total for 22 points. Um Woo. That's not. That's actually. That's really bad for even just a three a three man even fourth line combo at this point in the season. To be perfectly honest, um, mm-hmm. give you some idea. The two of them that have scored the most, Ferraro and uh, Talbot combined, have the same number of points as Kevin Miller. Yikes! <laughs> Twelve. Now I'm not saying because like you know what on the whole our fourth line it hasn't looked like the disaster that it did say last year, for example, in my opinion. But the complete lack of scoring depth down there, and if you look at the time on ice they're getting, it doesn't. You're not talking a Marcus Kruger absorbing bad uh, hard hard minutes, but not and, and and not scoring with it fourth line. You're just they're just there. They're not playing much. It's not a it's not ideal. And as a result, when the upper lines are struggling or having an off night, like say right now, you know Krejci's just back from injury and is clearly not playing uh, playing anywhere near 100. percent And as a result, his line's not do, not not performing. And then you got other wingers down the line like Connolly that are just meh. <laughs> um. <laughs> It's that there's not anyone necessarily to fill in the gaps when some mm. people are having a bad night. How much of that stuff, though, is uh, poor situational usage? Like uh, just putting them on the ice in the wrong zone at the wrong time. Uh, I don't know. The wrong situation. Well, hmm. I don't know. I mean, like a lot of these guys, they're not very skilled. They're not going to put up a lot of points. Look, Kampainen's you know, got three points in 33 games, for example, and we've all actually been pretty happy with him as a fourth-line center, to be perfectly honest. Um, why he's been playing third-line center recently, now especially with Krejci back, it's unacceptable. Full stop. <laughs> all right, Timmy. I think part of the problem, though, with uh, fourth-line and everything like that is I just feel like these people, they have the players haven't gotten a chance to um, play together all that much and kind of learn how to gel together. It seems like there's, it seems like they're mixing and matching so much down there and things like that. And it's hard to get 
real consistency out of play, out of scoring, out of your team if you don't have a set lineup like that down there. And I think that's got to be part of it just because um, when the Bruins had a good fourth line, it was pretty much set. They knew. They, they gelled together. They were able to go out and do what they needed to do. With the fourth line now, it just seems like they're mixing and matching so much that they just don't really know at this point. And then how can you expect to be consistent if you're just mixing and matching everything? Yeah. So it's basically it's a chemistry problem in in the respect that you're not allowing enough time for for chemistry to happen. And I think that's happening on pretty much all the lines due to either injury or the fact that we have new faces that are still trying to 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 kind of work it out. I mean, it's hard when you have like Krejci out, but um, you know. So then you have the that that second or first line or whatever one A one B. Um, that's all messed up. But you know, um, you have two parts of that that I guess were working together very well. Um, you know, it's it, interesting to see Bolesky, uh working out on the third line now. You know, with Hayes, who's his. They're having a little bromance. It's so cute. <laughs> Um, they both no, have 22 points incidentally too they're, they're, uh... no oh. but, but no it's actually you know I, I think it's a beautiful thing because Bolesky's new so is Hayes but Hayes is not new to the city and you know yeah. it's kind of good to have somebody looking out for you and that chemistry that they have I think that they're building off ice is working on ice too uh, I'm not saying that has to happen for everybody I'm just saying it's just something I kind of noticed. You know, but anyway. Yeah, the seats were laid for that right after what they were respe- respectively traded for and signed because, like, the next day, the two of them were making public public PR appearances at, like, you know, Red Sox games and stuff. Yeah. Like, the, like the team wasted no time rolling the, rolling the two new acquisitions out there. The position for them to build this off-ice chemistry was laid right from the beginning before they even had played a single game here is what I'm saying, before they ever I'm, practiced. I'm just <laughs> saying it's a beautiful thing, and if it translates on the ice, it's even more beautiful. I would love to keep talking about this. And I think that we can talk about this more uh, in each week. Um, we had a very fruitful discussion here, but I think we're going to talk about what we originally planned to talk about. The players that we miss that have moved on to greener pastures or something. I mean, I think it's kind of timely because we had Gregory Campbell come back last night and love him or hate him. You know, it's good to see that he's in another place and he's doing okay. And Dan Pae this week signed with the Rangers. He was let out of his contract with the Ice Hogs. And that's... Yay, Pie. Yes. <laughs> There's, you got to be happy for him. I mean, he was a good player on the fourth line. And now I don't know why he, get, he didn't get signed at the beginning of the season. Um, it's probably I, Campbell related. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? He, he, it did not serve him very well to be scratched, healthy scratched for many games at the end of last season. I mean, I went to the the very last home game last year, and I saw him. I actually saw him after the game. Um, but it was sad because it's like he's in a suit and he's going down to the locker room, or I mean, the dressing room. Sorry, wrong wrong term. He's going down to the dressing room, and he didn't get to play the game. And he, I think, he was scratched like the last five or six games or something, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. that didn't help him. But also, the fact that he has speed but no accuracy whatsoever. Really did him a disservice. Okay, Kate, you are dying here. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say, like, I saw on Twitter um, one of the um, the guys I follow on Twitter for the New York Rangers blog. He, I don't know. I mean, I can kind of understand, but he was just kind of like crapping all over Dan Paye, and I just wanted to like write to him and go, "No, he's great." But again, it would be more like, you know, I like 
I like him as a person. You're right. He doesn't have any accuracy whatsoever, but I just kind of want to be like, give him a chance, you know. No, so but, that's just it. I'm waiting to see this because he's playing with Dominic Moore now. He's a pretty good fourth line center. Yeah. Um, I think with proper set, proper center, he could be pretty effective. He's a much better player than his stats or his uh, or his reputation. Yeah. I think, um, he was good on our fourth line. I think he was pretty good with the shutdown, you know, but killer penalty killer with that speed, yeah. right? Yes. Sure, he doesn't capitalize on those breakaways, but that breakaway means time that the other team's not shooting on your sh- shooting on your penalty kill. Right. right. You've disrupted them, so it's, yeah. it's great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of those things where I think it's really easy to um, to have Gre- Gregory Campbell come back into town and just shit all over him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yes, you for as many people as who um, don't like him, there are, are just as many people who just remember the the broken leg in that the, playoff game. The break um, heard around the world. Yes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he the guy was in a lot of pain. He stayed out on the ice, tried to do the best he could through his shift. I mean, it's just what you. I don't know. I guess you kind of expect it, but you it's painful to watch. Yeah. Right. So. Right. He felt I, like he had no other choice. So I'm like, you know, that's good for you, Greg Campbell, really. I mean, well, they're everyone's not stopping the play, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And everyone else is like, oh my God, that could be so dangerous for him. And these are the same people that are like wanting to fire him into the sun every other day, you know? And I'm just like, come on. He's doing what he had to do. And, and it you sucks. Can, you can talk about how he wasn't very effective during, <laughs> while, while he was out there with his leg broken, but of course not. And what else, again, what else was he going to do? Yeah. I, I don't like running around calling, you know, praising that as being all that heroic. It's just what it is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Poo-pooing on it's stupid. Praising it's also stupid. It's just like, you know what? He did what he had to do. Yeah. Earned himself a spot in Boston sports folklore for better or worse there. Good <laughs> on you, Greggy. Good on you. Well, you know, you know, I've just gotten to the point where I just don't really feel like shitting on players. Yeah. You know, current players or past players. You know, it's like they are what they are. You know, my experience seeing Greg Campbell was my first real, like, putting him in my head was probably that whole, um, you know, uh, that the the broken leg during the playoffs game. That was like the first time I really thought about him, I guess. But, you know, he was a penalty killer. He was on the fourth line. Um, He got into a lot of fights that (laughs) were advised. (laughs) You know, so it's like it's one of those things where it's like I. I can state the facts on him and not get super emotional, but I'm just yeah. really tired of shitting on players. Yeah. You know, hey, he stuck up for his teammates, even though he never really won many fights. And I'm just picturing a statue of him outside of the garden with his broken leg now. That's just awful. But I'm just like thinking like, that's how he's going to be remembered really. So, but yeah, I, yeah, we're not going to put that statue no. out there. Bobby no, we're not going to, to but I just think it's funny. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so, <sighs> We could go on and talk about the third part of that Merlot line. Um, or I could just go down the line and ask you about players that you miss. So I'm going to do the second. Mm. Right after I burp. <laughs> okay. Um, Jesus, Kate. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to go with Anthony right now. Fine. And then I'm going to go to you. Fine, I, you okay. are very enthusiastic. I appreciate it. But I, I want to hear from Anthony right now, and then I'm going to come right to you, okay? So it's Anthony, then you. Go, Anthony. So I have two people that I uh, want to talk about real quick. One is a former player overall. Um, he was my favorite player growing up as a kid by number 14, Sergei Samsonov. 
knew you were going to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he had 376 total points as a Bruin during his career here, playing in the late 90s, early aughts. Um, I loved him because he was small, and I was a smallish kind of kid growing up, and if he could do it, so could I. And so I attached on to that. Mm-hmm. But uh, former Bruin that's currently playing, um, I miss Tyler Sagan. He was fun to watch on the ice in Boston. I don't give two fucks about that stupid-ass trade. Um, but watching him play with Ben in Dallas is exciting, and it's it's fun. Him him with Bergie could have been a, you know, quite the duo. Hmm. For some reason, it just wasn't working at some point. So, yeah. I mean, I don't want to think about the trade anymore. I'm just tired. Of yeah, let's just just move on quickly. Move on quickly, quickly. <laughs> okay, okay. God <laughs> damn it. Okay, Kate, you go. Okay. Guess who? Guess who? Carl Soderberg. I miss uh. him. I do miss him. I think like I mean he was, he's doing really well in the abs right now, and we let him get away basically for like what a six round draft pick, which was our like own, added our- on. Our own sixth round draft pick, actually. Our, yes. So <laughs> it's just like, I was looking him up last night, and he's actually tied for third, I think, um, in points. And he's got like 24 assists, which I think is like first on the abs. He is doing really well out there. And if we wanted to like extrapolate those numbers into the Bruins, he would be number six in goals, third in assists, and number four in total points. So, I mean, he is, you know, I mean, he. I know he wasn't doing well in one he, we let him go. It was kind of like he was very silent for a large number of games towards the end of the season. And then when we, um, when he got signed by the Avs, $5 million a year just seems so ridiculous. I mean, I was happy for him, but I don't think we could have ever paid him that much. I don't think it would have been justifiable, really. But well, the, the Avs mean, seem to want to play, pay for players. So Yeah. Yeah, and he's he's doing well in his line with Landeskog, <laughs> um, but it's not the same. So no, I'm just kidding. Wrong speed. Um, no, yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. think honestly. I think that Carl would not say that Landeskog is just about the best friend that you could ever have. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, uh, he had a real connection. Their their, their bromance was fantastic. <laughs> I know it was just touching, and <laughs> you know what I love about Carl Soderberg, and it's not an ice thing. It's dryness, dry, just oh, dry God. Well, I love that. But actually, you know, I know that behind the bee is this like big PR thing, but it, it can be entertaining and stuff. And I just loved the bromance between he and Carl. I mean, yeah. between he and Louis. Louis is just the most stoic person ever. Um, Wait a minute. Sorry. So Louis the most stoic guy ever, but Carl's like saying all these nice things about him. And then he's like, oh, I like all the culture. I like to go to museums. I'd like to read. And I'm just like, oh, Carl, I want you to be my best friend. I know. I was just <laughs> like, I love all the things I want to do. Exactly. I'm like, I don't have a museum buddy. I want a museum buddy. Carl could be my museum buddy. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. But- so. They love him in, in a mile high hockey too. They have like, I just saw this whole thing where they make fun of his, they don't make fun. They embrace it. They appreciate his like stone face and everything. And his like his demeanor being very like, just, you know, just kind of flat. Like when he was talking about Patrick Waugh and um, he, um, I guess I forgot what the exact quote was, but he was, he I don't really see it that way at all. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> was. Like he was talking about like the penalty kill or like, how the how they needed to like get more goals or something and Carl was just like no <laughs> he, 
<laughs> he has this bluntness about him yeah. um, when he's speaking that it's makes refreshing. it seem like he doesn't quite understand. But it's not that's not it at all. He's just like, he doesn't need to be flowery about it. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> and I just, I, I, I enjoy that. So that is the one moment this year in, in the hockey world that cracked me the hell up. <laughs> I nearly died when I saw that too. I was just like, that's my Carl. And then, um, oh God, the whole thing with like, I play like Carl. That was good too. And uh, uh, Brad Marchand was kind of chirping him. At, I think it was on the behind the B or something like yep. that. He's like, you need to play I like- I want you to play like Bergie. If I play like Carl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's funny because he doesn't have like a dynamic personality, but I do miss the personality that he brought to like- the team and he was a good goal scorer and he is being a good goal scorer. Now he had like a filthy shorthanded goal last night and that was just amazing. And I'm just happy he's doing really well. So he needed a cold shower after. (laughs) I'm surprised you're giving him penalty kill time. Hey, he's doing really well. Oh, he's on the second line now. So the rest of that lineup, you'll see why he's getting penalty kill time. Uh, Look where they're standing. Yeah, they they're doing well now though too. They're they're getting up there. I mean, they're yeah, moving on are up. They they are in a wild card draw right now in the West because yeah. uh, Winnipeg, you know, after having a decent start, decided to tank. Yep. Um, Three straight losses. Well, Winnipeg, you can't have your whiteout if you don't fucking pick it up. Okay, that's all I have to say. <laughs> Putting it out there to Winnipeg and the hockey gods and whoever the fuck's listening. So, okay, my all right. letter is done. So I just I just wanted to say okay. But tell me again. Uh, no, you don't have to tell me. I'll just know if somebody comes to mind because you'll just like be bouncing on the air. It's kind of, it's really cute. It's cute. I wish people could see it. Um, I can, ex- I can explain it. Or Internet not. high five to Ellen there. <laughs> Timmy. Yes. Um, I have two. <laughs> totally caught you off guard. I love it. Players that I have in, in mind. One's a former player. And one is, like, completely retired now. So first we'll go with the former Bruin that has moved on to greener pastures, I guess you could say. Yeah, it's funny that I said greener pastures because we're talking about an ice hockey sport. (laughs) I mean, uh, an ice sport. So, yeah. Okay, go ahead. And it's Nicholas Fedberg. Um, He's he's playing over in the KHL now. (laughs) And he was the backup last year. And I... Absolutely adored Sveti very much. And he was definitely my favorite player. And when they let him go to the KHL and sign over there, I was very, very disappointed. Um, I feel like he wasn't used enough last year. I feel like Claude's lack of faith in him was not warranted because his. if you look at his numbers, for a backup, they're pretty much exactly what you would want them to be. And... He was just my favorite. I liked him a lot, and I'm sad that he's gone. And I don't know how he's doing with the KHL right now, but I know initially he was doing pretty poorly. Um, I don't know what happened last year. I think things kind of just went off the rails. Yeah. Um, and Claude did just lose faith in Sveti, and that's a shame because he really – how many games did he even play last year? Like, it was like 14 or 15. It wasn't yeah. very many. Yeah, so it was like – um, it was kind of unwarranted, uh, but uh, I feel bad about that. And so, I don't know, I did see Sveti's numbers earlier in the season, and they weren't that great in the KHL, but 
You know how it is. It's the beginning of the season, so things even out over time. But, okay, so you got Fetty down, so who's your retired person? My retired person's the first Bruins player that I ever, ever cheered for. Um, he actually, in, for a little while, played here in Portland. Um, it's Jason Allison. Hey. He was my favorite growing up, and he, he was awesome with the Pirates. Uh, he was with the Pirates initially in the um, Capitals organization and came over to the Bruins for a few years, and... He was he scored quite a bit. He was he was good scoring the puck. He was good with assist and yeah, he was just my favorite player. Favorite thing about Jason Allison, it has nothing to do with this time with Bruins because it's just hilarious. He was um the first shooter in the first ever shootout after the lockout. And because he was never particularly fleet of foot, um he basically did the shootout in slow motion. Um so uh Down Goes Brown still makes fun of this particular shootout because he just had no <laughs> hope of, no hope of succeeding with running at half speed. <laughs> this is completely completely did not understand the concept of the shootout at all it just it had and of course he's the first ever shooter in in, in the shootout in the nhl as well so it's just it's i guess he would have been with the kings at that point leafs leafs oh leafs. oh it was wow. after the it was it was that was, would have been the first in 05 yeah <clears throat> oh i well, you know i have to say i'm really jealous because i don't really have that retired player mm. thing but anyway, that's sweet, Timmy. Nick! Oh, I go next. Okay. I only started getting into the Bruins in the early 2000s. But uh, I was going to say for my retired player, I was going to go with Glenn Murray. But I'm like, no, no. Glenn Murray was cool. How about my boy, my American, Tim Thomas? <laughs> <laughs> Timmy in his bunker. Yeah. Um, he is... Uh, with the exception of the greats, you know, it's easy to love Bobby Orr, Ray Bork, all those guys. Um, but if you exclude the greats, <laughs> I think Tim Thomas might be my favorite Bruin ever. Back when the Bruins were bad, um, he was somehow putting up decent numbers back when they were still, uh, what, I think started playing the Andrew Raycroft year. He was, and he, he was the only thing good about the Bruins. But yeah, I miss him. And of course, he was our goalie when we won the cup. Uh, had the greatest mustache uh, of probably the last uh, 15 years in the NHL. Uh, I like it over Peros. That's just me. I, I'm a, I like it nice and clean if you're playing in the pros. Uh, but as for my former Bruin, currently in the NHL, he only played 33 games for the Bruins between the regular season and the playoffs. Yarmir Yager. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Um, uh, come on. I am Yarmir Yager from the Czech Republic. And my, my favorite, favorite player, player growing up. Growing up. <laughs> yeah, I'm really <laughs> um, Yeah, I was hoping uh, they would bring him back. Uh, it was a pipe dream. But uh, no, I, I, I like the Yager. I like the Yager, too. Everyone loves Yager. Yeah. Well, like, I have a friend that doesn't really like him so much, but it's just kind of like weird, petty, personal reasons. I don't why know is why. Why is that person your friend? That person <laughs> is not your friend. I was going to say, yeah. you, you could probably fix that by like setting... Um, uh, Sending um, more check bees on him or something, you know? <laughs> no, that is more check bees, actually. What? How? How do you not like Yager? What? <laughs> what? Yes, I don't understand this either. I was just like, what? You know? He what? <laughs> there you go. Okay, so we're going to move on to the next one. So let's see. We've, uh, I think we're at Jeff. Yes. <clears throat> so 
Um, my, I didn't uh, watch enormous amounts of of, of Maroons hockey when I was younger. I didn't really get into it heavy until after the uh, lockout. So I'm gonna just go ahead and say Which my lockout? favorite, the the year long one, the '04 one. Okay. Um, and I will say that my favorite retired Bruin. Um, and unfortunately, he wouldn't be retired if if um, uh, circumstances hadn't forced his hand. Is uh, Raptor Jesus? Oh, my uh, favorite, my uh, favorite uh, sequence of any <laughs> hockey game I've ever watched would have been in, I think, would. Wow, what year was it? it would have been twenty. It would have been during the, the shortened season, so during twenty thirteen, he was on the penalty kill, and just took the puck off and just went on vacation in the opposing zone, <laughs> zipping everywhere. <laughs> Outrunning everyone, doing nothing with the puck, of course, but just oh, you can almost hear circus music playing while watching it. It was fantastic. <laughs> I don't even remember who he was playing. It was amazing. Sacks, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I know why he traded because he was over he was overpaid for his production that that season. That's why he ended up going out in the in the second trade. In fact, disposing of Peverly's salary is a big part of why that actually happened, I believe. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, but I love Raptor Jesus. I really do. And I'm sad that he's retired. I, I wish him all the best of health, and I'm and I understand he's doing player development stuff for the Stars now, and good That's for good. him. He'll probably be a really good coach someday. So, yeah. awesome. You know what? If you can't play uh, because of some physical ailment, um, and and honestly, I after seeing him col- uh, collapse on the the bench that time, <laughs> I kind of wanted him to retire right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, because you just know that that's not. That's just a really hard thing to come back from. Um, I think that to, to be valuable enough that the team wants to uh, take you on and and make you grow your career in a different way, I think that's a, a really good thing. I was so actually, good for him. I was yeah. actually watching that game on oh. Game Center Live. It was not, not, not a not, it was not a pleasant thing to even watch on no. my uh, laptop screen. <clears throat> Oh, yeah, I, they were playing Columbus then. It was like, you know, Horton was there and uh, Horton Sagan. Scored a goal that it, Horton has accredited a goal in a game he never played in. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> they played after oh, his last game ever, actually. So, uh, yeah. Actually, that game was kind of prophetic for a lot of former Bruins. That's kind of sad now that I think Tim about Thomas it. Tim Thomas was also in that game. Oh. Oh. Yeah, because he was with Dallas. Yeah, that Dallas, oh, that's yeah. right. I forgot about that. You know me, my Timmy. Yeah, <laughs> actually, well, I see. I like Tim Thomas and I also like... Tim the Woo, who is, of course, on this podcast. Um, oh. So, yeah, I just like Tim's. I like Tim Duncan. <laughs> um, he went to Wake Forest, you know. He did. I didn't know. <laughs> hmm. Wait, um, so, um, yeah. yeah, no, um, I, I, I have to say that must have been horrifyingly scary to watch live. Mm. Um, it, it, it didn't tickle. It did not tickle, let me tell you that. Um. So for my player that's still in the league, um, now I'm not going to actually talk about it at all because I feel like that's just beating a dead horse, but I think you all know the player in the league that's mm. from ruin now who I miss the most. It's, of course, Dougie. Um, moving on. So I'm going to change the subject, actually, and say a former Bruin that I don't miss. Oh. Luch. I loved Luch <laughs> in Boston. I loved him. I loved him. It was so time for him to go. So time for him to go, and I'm 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 glad he's having a decent enough season in in LA. Good for him. I hope he I hope he takes betting to the cleaners in free agency this summer. Completely completely crippling his his home team for years to come. But um. Oh my god! After the but I don't miss the unpredictableness. The lack of production. The I think, slow. Skating. I mean, unpredict- I mean unpredictableness in every possible way. Like yeah. you know, he may reach out and do something stupid. He may just choose not to show up in a game. He'll quit on a play sometimes. 
you know, he was just, he was instrumental for the build up to the cup to the cup run. He had a good season, but realistically speaking, he wasn't you know in the actual cup run. He wasn't that important because he had a shitty playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the end of the day, he's got this folk. He's he's all and he's got all these folk hero things around him. You know, putting Mike Van Rin through the glass and 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 and, and beating the and beating the hockey clear out of Mike Commissary. Not not once, but three different times. Um, not once, not twice, but three. Every time Commissary puts it because Commissary apparently is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I love Luch, but I don't miss him at all. If that makes sense. You guys didn't let me talk about who I miss. It's your turn. Oh. Huh? I know who you miss, though. I know. I just want to say, like, let me just interject in LA. I think they're pretty much, like, on the same. Like, they're just, they're just kind of like, eh. I mean, he is doing somewhat well, but, like, speaking of, like, what happened last night, they're just like, okay, he did something really freaking stupid. And I think, I mean, I, I guess they're kind of like, you know, there's a lot of people who don't really like him and a lot of people who are like, yay, but. He's okay here. I think he's okay here. I think it's yeah. all in how you use Luch. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, if you put him with players that motivate him to move faster, you're going to get mm. a better Luch. If you want him to play the muscle role on something, I think that's okay to a point. Um, he is good with Toffoli. He is really good with Toffoli, and it's kind of like when he was with Spooner and Pasternak. I think it's just like that young guy who has a lot of good wheels and like a lot of – like firepower and when he's with him he's really good all right i miss ference and he's never coming back oh i'm sorry so i guess he's my retired player i'm not gonna go into it still very emotional but you know who i really really miss too who's not retired i fucking miss johnny boychuk oh yeah Defensively sound. He was so funny. <laughs> he could knock a guy. He could knock a guy so hard that the club could go into the stands, and the and Boston Bruins fans would throw it back. And James Van Riemsdyk still trying to find his way back to the present time. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that was that. I think that was like my favorite play ever. Is that I when the think, glove went into the stands? Yes. From it, center ice. <laughs> it was, that was hilarious. Great. And then the fans threw it back. It was just, it's just a wild time. But I miss Johnny so much. I think that yeah. we made a tremendous mistake. in. Yeah. in, in that was uh, a definite here. misstep for Chiarelli. Definitely. No, the moment yeah. that made that happen, though, was the, ultimately, and you know, you're not going to like hearing this, uh, VA is, is the Seidenberg extension. Yes, I know. Well, no, no, job. actually, no, I don't want to hear that. I know you don't want to hear that. I'm just saying that's... Almost... La, la, la. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to her happy place. Move on to Bare Necessities. Yeah, we should do Bare yeah. the, the, the Bare Necessities. <laughs> okay, so I was going to do a sober January, and uh, basically beyond the first two days where I drank a fair amount of beer... <laughs> I didn't drink anything. Of course, I was sick for a couple of weeks, so that helps. But um, yesterday, I broke the seal. I drank um, a margarita. And so today, I'm drinking beer. But anyway, I'll wrap that up later. Who wants to go first? Raise your hand. <laughs> Anthony. I'm drinking coffee milk stout right now because apparently the uh, you know craft beer store here in Plymouth only sells it and nothing else. What? But, uh they- 
They don't sell any other beer? I mean, that's not a terrible thing, but... uh... (laughs) Well, they sell... You know, they sell a lot of the local stuff from New Hampshire. They, you know, they do a lot of the 603 brewing and Narragansett. But apparently that's it. Um, But I got a hold of Leinenkugel's Snowdrift Vanilla Porter last week, and that is spectacular. Uh, You just need to try it. It's a terrific beer. But for this week's games, I'll probably just go back to bourbon because I'm poor. (laughs) (laughs) Bourbon means you're poor. Okay. You you know what you could drink? You could drink that dragon's breath. No, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody can drink that dragon's breath. Oh, God. (laughs) I did a shot of it, and that was enough. I've I've done a shot of it, and that's uh, you're right. It's enough. It's enough. You know, that's that drink that you pour out for people, (laughs) like you pour out for your homies, and then you don't drink it. Kind of disrespectful to the to to the fallen, then you know. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to, you know, you want to pour out maybe Cristal or something. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, let me tell you about Cristal. Okay, okay. Because I've had Cristal. (laughs) It is not worth the hype. It is really super fucking expensive, and it's not that good. Oh, that's too bad. Um, hey, if you're going to drop all... that kind of money on uh, on, on, on the sparkling, you're better off with Dom, right? <laughs> oh, my so... God. Dom is the best. <laughs> it really is. Okay, wait a minute. I'm going to give you a little um, um, course in champagnes. Okay. We usually buy a bottle, like a nice bottle every year. Actually, we haven't done it for a couple of years. We haven't been drinking that much. Um, sparkling stuff, but we used to buy a bottle every year and have it on our dating anniversary. Oh, Aww. curiously enough, since we got married, we haven't really been doing that. But anyway, Dom, if you're going to spend a hundred plus on a bottle of champagne, and I think Dom might be up to 150, I recommend doing it for a special occasion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I recommend doing it if it's Dom, any Dom. Any Dom Perignon, any vintage, is excellent. Hmm. I have had like ten of them. Oh wow! And they are spectacular. <clears throat> it's everyone is just a little bit different. It just it's just like it's infectious. It's like you drink it and it's like the bubbles hit you in a certain way and it's like butter on your tongue. It is just divine. Um, that's why I get mad when people don't like champagne. If you're drinking cheap champagne, there's ways to remedy that. But honestly, Dom Perignon is like the best of the expensive champagnes. We've had, what is it, the Perrier Jouet or whatever it's called. Eh, it's okay. Uh, La Grande Dame. Eh, okay, but Cristal was by far the worst. It tasted like vinegar. Mm. It is in oh, a clear sucks. bottle. Champagne oh. shouldn't be served in a clear bottle. No. Um, Even I know that much. I just remember, I don't remember so much about the notes of it as so much as it just tasted terrible. Okay. And I'm talking, we bought it at the store and we put it in our fridge. It's not like we had it hanging around. We just bought it from the store, put it in the fridge, had it. It was awful. I just can't rank recommend against it enough. So... There you go. If you have a cheaper champagne, you can get a Moe, which is like 35 or 50 bucks or something like that. That's totally fine. And if you can even get a $12 bottle of champagne or sparkling wine or something, throw a little chambord in it, boom, you're good. You know what I mean? If, if you get a cheap champagne and you don't like the flavor of it, 
put a little bit of a cordial in it and mm. it's good. <clears throat> okay? Mm. Good that is know. my lesson on sparkling wines. And now you all think I'm a big fucking snob. No! no. I am. No. I no, am. no, no. <clears throat> um, but when we, uh, I think the last bottle of Dom that we got might have been when we got engaged. And that's a long time ago now. I need to remedy that. We got it at the restaurant. It was through the roof in price. Um, but, oh, it was so delightful. Oh, man. Okay, I'll, so only, th- I'll yep. only think you're a snob if you judge me for drinking it out of a Yahtzee shaker. <laughs> nice. It's not my preferred way of drinking it. Um, but, you know. There's a certain, there's a certain style to, uh, to go in with the Yahtzee uh, cup. So, uh, you know. Respect. <laughs> and when you get drunk, you can yell, Yahtzee! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I mean, honestly, you know, I think if you have the opportunity, and it may not be a once a year <coughs> thing, but if you have the opportunity to celebrate something big, get a bottle of Dom if you can afford it, and just drink it. And it is delightful. It is just a wonderful treat. And if you never have it again, you have it that one time. It is fabulous. <laughs> <sighs> so I'm not drinking Dom this week when I'm watching the Bruins because fuck that. Um, <laughs> this week, we still have the Varsteiner. We still have some of the Shandies kicking around. But I bought this Southern Tier Creme Brulee, Ooh. which is part of their Blackwater series. It is an Imperial Spout. <laughs> it's an imperial stout brewed with vanilla beans and Ooh. natural flavor it says it is 10% alcohol <laughs> nice <laughs> nice 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 okay now I recommend not taking this into your mouth and trying to do the normal like let's sort out this flavor thing because it kind of tastes like cough syrup Ooh. so I recommend just kind of like kicking it back I mean, you could taste the vanilla, and the vanilla is pleasant for a second, and then it tastes like cough syrup, and it's, like, not very pleasant. Mm. And I don't understand, because I usually love Southern Tier Brewing, even though they retired one of my favorite brews. Mm. So, anyway. Could it be a bad batch? I don't think it's a bad batch. I think I just don't care for this particular one. But Mm -hmm. it's okay. There was only four to a pack. We'll make them go. I'll put some shambord in them. Okay. So who's going next? We have... I'll do it. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, Rock, paper, scissors. Ready? Uh, One, two, three. Okay. I got two scissors. I got a paper. and um, But the two people that I really wanted to do, the the Nick and the, the Kate, they both did scissors. So... Um, I'm going to go with Kate and I'm going to go with Nick. Okay, go Kate. Okay, I just, um, I'm probably going to indulge this week in some Crispin Blackberry Cider. So I'm going to have that. It sounds really nice. It is really nice. I've had it before. It's like this lovely purple color too. So that's what I'll be drinking this week. I love Blackberry. Yeah, me too. Really good stuff. Nick. I finally finished my boxed wine. It only took you like four days. <laughs> well, I, I was snowed in. Uh, day. I, I was basically drunk for 48 hours. But uh, oh Wine in the box will do that, you know? Yeah. It was good. But Cardboard O. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That was awesome. Was it white or red? Red. Ah, so it was truly Cardboard O. Yes. 
Uh, but I have a big old growler of a local beer called Battlefield. It's made by Red Oak outside of Greensboro, North Carolina. And it's a Baravian Bach beer. Oh, a Bach. Oof. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty good. Um, unfortunately, I doubt anyone outside of North Carolina can get it because they do not pasteurize their beer. Uh, and they only brew their beer using the German method and ingredients, which does not include pasteurization. So uh, if you ever come down to North Carolina, try to get some. It's good stuff. Excellent. I love it when brewers stick to the, the German uh, law of purity. I can't remember what it's called. They're actually – Red Oak's slogan is pure. You know that both of my names mean pure. Oh, <laughs> B and A? Both <laughs> my first and middle name, but that's okay. Okay. Um, yes. Okay. So, Kate, did your – Nick uh, – Tim and I are the only ones that haven't gone. Uh, I'm going to go Jeff and then Tim. Well, um, for this podcast, I was having a very nice uh, Talisker Storm, which is way too good to drink while watching hockey. It was my birthday present from one of my brothers. Mm. Nice. So um, I will have to go to the liquor store probably tomorrow after work. I think I'm going to need groceries anyway. So we'll, we'll see what speaks to me. Um, there's only two games this week, and I'm probably going to miss Tuesdays. So there's just tomorrow night against who? Hang on. Uh, against the Flyers, Flyers. to uh, prepare for. That's, co- that's fun. Okay. Oh Jesus! Just drink Miller Lite for that shit. Incidentally, the Ducks game is the um, it's apparently the unofficially the anniversary of the Team Poo jerseys. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> what? Apparently, it's the end. Like some number of years anniversary of the first time. The oh, the wear your bear shit. Uh... <laughs> anyway, but um, so I will see what speaks to me at the liquor store. Whether it ends up being cheap, cheap, uh, cheap uh, ghetto scotch or um, uh, beer will yet to be seen. Depends on which store I go to and how shitty that store is. Tell us how much you enjoyed the Narragansett coffee milk stout. It was some. Um, it was truly phenomenal. I um, I'm, I'm very sad that it, I I. So sent it to an early grave when I got back up here with my very with the limited amount that I imported. Um, but it was lovely. It wasn't a, it's not too heavy. It's a very strongly coffee. It's a it's a coffee milk stout rather than a coffee milk stout. But being that it's Rhode Island, they have to word it as such. Um. <laughs> well, honestly, it'd be really gross if they brewed it with coffee milk, don't you think? Well, mm. yes, obviously. Um, but. <laughs> You know, I you know one of the things that I have to make sure that we that I bring to the gathering this year is coffee milk, like Ooh. the real autocrat coffee uh, syrup, and we will make coffee milk and we will all enjoy it because it is Rhode Island tradition to do that. I actually have had people come over from Germany, and I have gone into a store, bought the syrup, bought a little thing of milk, mixed it, made them drink it. Oh, it's great. nice. And yeah, I anyway, love coffee milk. It's Reinheit, uh, Reinheitsgebot. That is how you say the German purity law. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Okay. Reinheitsgebot, yeah. Maybe that'll come up in trivia next week, Jeff. <laughs> I'm not going to bet on it, but maybe. Maybe, you never know. Yeah, you know what? I, I can sue all your German needs in, in um, trivia. Unfortunately, it doesn't have... It doesn't have... um. Uh, 
who wants to be a millionaire rules. I can't um, uh, phone a phone friend. A friend. <laughs> I know. Even though I've offered to my teammates on days where I was out of town, like to say, you know, it's like, just, you know, just, just call me in. I'll teleconference into the thing. That wouldn't go over well. So. No, I don't think you could do that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I have friends who don't want to play trivia with me. That is so lame. I would be there in a heartbeat, honestly. I love nerdy stuff like that, honestly. I, I really do. Anyway, so what liquor adventures is Tim going on this week? Yes, oh, Tim. Go, Tim. Go, yeah. Tim. Go, uh, Tim. Tim. <laughs> Black Velvet. I don't know where's the song. Yeah, I I do have the Canadian government whiskey still. <laughs> still. I, I, and I say still, but I just continue to buy it. Um, <laughs> because it's just one of those things where I now just kind of enjoyed the terribleness of it um it warms your heart it does and (laughs) i I generally i generally mix it with ginger ale or Mm. um sprite nice whichever i mean oh yeah and you get the interesting ginger ales yes the flavored ginger ale so that's that's pretty good i also um Got a beer to try. I've had one of them so far. It's pretty good. It's by uh, Baxter Brewing Company. Um, it's mm-hmm. up here in Maine. And it's called Window Seat is the name of it. And it's a coconut almond porter. Oh, oh. you were talking about that and earlier. Yeah. It's very, very, very good. Um, it's It's quite potent. I was trying to look up the alcohol content just because I don't have a can with me here. But... I'm pretty. Cl- I'm pretty sure it has over seven percent alcohol <laughs> in it, um, or right around seven percent. So it's pretty good. Um, they, it's one of their seasonal brews that they have from like January to March because they're trying to give you a tropical feel <laughs> through the winter here in Maine. So, uh, yeah, it's brewed in Lewiston, which I mean, it's probably the only thing good that's coming out of Lewiston at this point. So, yeah. <laughs> the Dirty Lou. I'm not the biggest coconut fan, but I am a fan of making things feel tropical, especially up in Maine. Um, I have to say, Timmy, your new laptop, your sound is amazing. Yes. I'm glad. <laughs> I hadn't know? tested it out before today, so, I mean, it looks like it's going to be A-OK for it, so we're good. I'm only disappointed it's not shiny purple, but it, everything else is awesome. <laughs> it's close enough. It is I mean, close enough. Yeah, they, good. It was either between the cobalt blue or the violet purple. Yeah, uh, I wanted the blue because blue's nice. I I didn't want the purple one. You know what? I want to <laughs> tell you do. that your cobalt blue would go perfectly in my office. <laughs> Probably yes. I actually painted a um, bookshelf that color oh nice tell it that's pretty i waited my whole entire adult life to do that it's been a favorite color combination of mine for i don't know 20 something years anyway i think cobalt's nice i like that your laptop's working very well we should all get laptops that work very well yes yes i also Uh, like that the keys on the keyboard are white in contrast to the blue so that's kind of neat i don't know i wish they were lime green but that's okay that would be interesting, yeah. It would. You can I get one of those glo- keyboard covers. I wish they were glow like- in the dark. That would be cool. <gasps> uh. Glow in the dark is the best of everything. I am old and I 
by things that glow in the dark. For whatever reason, for whatever reason, the hockey wax I use glows in the dark. Because I play hockey all the time in unlit rinks back in the <gasps> 1990s Stanley Cup Finals. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's all glow in the dark. <laughs> you know what I like to do? I like to make soaps and put glow in the dark things in the soaps. Oh, <gasps> That's cool. That's genius. That's really cool. <laughs> I love things that glow in the dark. I'm five years old. I'm going to send you some of those star stickers. Okay. <laughs> I have a glow-in-the-dark zombie diorama. The zombies glow in the dark. It's oh the goodness. best part. You know what I love is that I love looking at all your faces and like some it, like the guys are all except for Nick. They're all like tuned out. Like they're just oh like I'm God. rolling with it. I'm just rolling with it. <laughs> and I love it because like when I met Jeff. And we went for a walk. I had a real girl movement. And he was just like, oh, I can't believe this. <laughs> and that is basically like every expression he's had with me ever since. It's like, roll his eyes like, oh, I thought you were above this. <laughs> oh, come on. Stop it. <laughs> but you know it's true because I said, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm having a girl moment. You're like. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah, this kind of checks out. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like I was hanging out with like Abigail Adams and just like looking longingly down the the mall at uh, Alexander Hamilton myself. But you know, apparently when I lost it when I saw the Prue through the trees, Aww. that was my real girl moment. <laughs> So anyway, I just <laughs> I want to uh, say that you can find us on SoundCloud at Barely on Topic. You can find us on Twitter and tell us how much you love this episode and um, speculate about how much we edited out um, <laughs> on at Barely on Topic on Twitter and on our Facebook page, Barely at Topic. Hey, you know what? All these things have the same name, and you still don't talk to us. Please talk to us. <laughs> no, you're listening. Please. We love you. We love that you're listening. We want to have a nice dialogue with you. Communicate it's with totally... us. We'd like to have a mailbag someday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That would be a great episode. People send us some questions that we answer um, on the podcast. That I would love. But we need you to talk to us. So um, there are so many different places you can do that. You can do that at Twitter. You can do it at, at Facebook. You know what it is at, at this point. Um, and I just wrote down the word lopic. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> anyway, um, so. Uh, uh, <coughs> Tim, play us out, Tim. <laughs> word. <laughs> 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 I was gonna thank people, but whatever the fuck. 